When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, everybody, we decided to take this week off, so here's one of our classic episodes. Hope you enjoy. Okay, everybody, welcome to the All Too Real 2 podcast. I am your host, Michael E. Cullen II, and with me, as always, is... Matthew Haas I. Yes, the one. It's a new thing I'm doing lately. The only. Yes. Matthew. Well, it's not the only, actually. There's a guy who has, runs a construction business <laughs> who's named Matthew Haas, and there's also a pastor from Atlanta, Georgia. Okay. <laughs> That I know of. Well, we're giving them some free advertisement I right now. Talked to them once on AOL back, way back in the day. When I was looking for people with my namesake. Anyway, <laughs> so today on our show, we're covering something a little different here. We're uh, we're wanting to dive into uh, common misconceptions that people have about you know history and religion and advertising and different things. You know, just. You know, art. art and, you know, life in general. Artsy fartsy in general, yeah. Yes. You know, I've known a lot of artists and I don't think any of them fart. Uh, yeah. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, okay, so, um, Matt, you chose five misconceptions and I chose five misconceptions. Yeah. Um, do you want to start with yours? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, uh, the first one is that the, I guess the people in the history world, I, I wouldn't call it common, I guess it's a common misconception among people, history buffs, but is that the, the word idiot comes from a Greek word, and that basically, uh, you know, was like a insulting word, you know, someone who's just like willfully ignorant or just someone who doesn't. Yeah, like the modern the modern interpretation yeah. of the word idiot, and like whether it, stupid or whatever. It doesn't yeah. actually didn't actually mean that. It just meant someone that was not essentially not like a politician, someone someone who didn't work like in the actual um, political establishment. That's all it meant. And then and then it meant and then it kind of it kind of went down the road. And then it meant someone that's not very knowledgeable about 
those kind of things. And then it, then finally it became to be anyone that's just someone who's like, you're an idiot, you know, but it didn't originally it just meant someone that didn't work directly in that field. Like they were like a shopkeeper or whatever, but they weren't like they weren't like a senator or someone in the establishment. So basically and, it, it like if so if you weren't uh, in politics or in government or something like that, you were basically an idiot. Is that what like I'm saying? anything at all? Like if you yeah. if you like were a farmer or like I mean anything if you're a poet or a musician you were an idiot because you weren't you, you weren't part of that yeah and then it, then later on it was people who don't have like because there's people like me and you who, who study stuff but we're not directly involved in it yeah those people are idiots too because they weren't they didn't have like a job or career in that type of so like in thing. in in this theory then like President Trump would not be an idiot. Uh, unfortunately, yes. Okay, I'm just checking. <laughs> unfortunately, and, and he would he would make the cuts in um, ancient Be- Greece because he's a president. He would have been. He may even call it something else in ancient Greece, but yeah, uh, but I don't think. But he would not be called an idiot. No, something may have happened, to which him, he is often called today. Yeah. though. but yeah, in, in today's vernacular, yeah. So, <laughs> so so maybe if somebody does call him an idiot, we're just saying that he's he should be a private citizen and not the yeah not in government. Yeah, there, I mean, that's that, all we're trying to say. We're not uh, trying to call him stupid. We're just saying yeah, maybe. Anyways, um, let's not get political, <laughs> which is hard for me. But when we do this show, I'm very good at keeping, yeah uh, uh, holding my my tongue. But um, I just quote you. Yeah, it's kind of weird when I see him holding his tongue. It's weird. It's I hard. Mean, it's I, weird. I mean, I know. it's hard for him to talk. I don't get it. I don't like, know how I do it. Yeah. I'll, I'll just quote directly from the, the Wikipedia for a second. It said, uh, you know, an idiot was simply a private citizen as opposed to a government official. Later, the word came to mean any sort of non-expert or layman. Then someone uneducated or ignorant and much later to mean stupid or mentally deficient. So it went through a long process of deterioration, basically. Uh, so, so, so in a way, people were stupid and misinterpreted the word idiot yeah. as meaning stupid. Exactly. Okay. I mean that So they were kind of ignorant and they yeah. yeah, okay. I mean, I guess that's a great that happens to a lot of words mm-hmm. people. They change the meaning to Oh yeah. The, like the word literally describes what they're doing and then they they change the meaning. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of words that change over time. I mean, it yeah. just depends, yeah. And so, they'll mean something completely mm-hmm. different. You know. Right. And I guess it kind of makes sense because, you know, you could sort of trace a sort of like elitism um, for how this word has changed meaning. Because if the word just originally meant someone uh, who did not participate in civic life or who did not vote, and then it was simply a private citizen as opposed to a government official. So if the word changes meaning over time, then it almost suggests that that's kind of how they thought of those people and then it just kind of slowly turned into so it was a dumbing down of the word yeah but but almost kind of means that they probably thought that they were kind of like ignorant and uneducated yeah even if they didn't say basically just trying to say the the private citizen was like stupid stupid in a way compared to uh like a senator or something yeah then it officially became that the official yeah meant that late but probably many centuries later but so that's that's my first one, and uh, so you got more here. What's your second one? Um, the second one is another hit. I was like on a history kick here, so okay. um, this was um, uh, I didn't even know this was even um, a theory or whatever. But 
because I studied his history a lot, but I, I missed this one. But apparently it's commonly believed that the library of Alexandria was destroyed by um, the Caliph Umar um, ibn al Uman ibn al-Khattab, who was the second Caliph of Islam, and that I guess it was believed that the Muslim army destroyed the Library of Alexandria in 641 AD. And it says a common misconception alleged that that um, Caliph Umar ordered the destruction based on the reasoning, quote, if those books are in agreement with the Quran, we have no need of them. And if these are opposed to the Quran, destroy them or its variation. Um, and it says this story did not appear in writing until hundreds of years after the alleged incident, most famously in the work of Bar Hebraeus in the 13th century. And contemporary accounts of the Arab invasion do not include any account of the library's um, destruction. Which is interesting because I, I didn't even know that was a, a thing. I didn't know that people I mean, believe that. To be completely honest, I had never even, I mean, I'd heard the word Library of Alexandria. Alexandria before, but I had never done any kind of research on it. I mean, I'm pretty learned on a lot of things, but I didn't even know what it was. Yeah, well, it was, so. it was a famous library, I think, in Egypt, because Alexandria is still a city in Egypt. I think it's mm-hmm. that. And I never heard that, because to me, uh, which was interesting, because to me, I've, you know, I study a lot of, like, history, especially, like, Arab history, Islamic history, and, like, that kind of part of the world in general. Um <clears throat> It was usually quite the opposite of what would happen. Whenever Muslim armies would conquer a place, they would actually preserve the knowledge. Yeah. And they would translate into Arabic. And then, um, you know, the people would adopt Arabic language. And so then from then on, it would kind of spread. Because, you know, like like in Spain, for example, um, you know, they, they, they spoke whatever language was. The ori- I'm not sure what the original language was before Spanish. But they would speak that and Arabic. So then... It would get translated into that language and both, and then so it kind of started. The, the knowledge was then kind of like spread all over the world, mm-hmm. you know. So I was, I was kind of surprised to hear that their theory that they would destroy a library. I'm like, yeah, I mean, is, is, is that kind of like I mean, that the just kind of on a tangent here, that Spanish thing is that kind of like why some of uh, some words in Spanish and some words in Arabic are very similar in pronunciation? Yeah, I mean, I mean, they're not necessarily spelled the same way, but they're similar sounding. Yeah, because in like the I think it was the late or the middle or, or um, beginning of the eighteen or eight hundreds, like so basically the ninth century. Um, I forgot which which um, dynasty. I think it was a splinter splinter dynasty um, ended up conquering Spain. Uh, there's different accounts as to how it happened. Um, some accounts say that the people were 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 very happy to be conquered, you know, which I'm not sure if that's true or not. But, but <laughs> well, because there was a lot of there was a lot of bad stuff going on within the society at that time. Oh, okay, so maybe so they were kind of saved by the conquering in a way. Pe- somehow, there were some people that were kind of like at least glad to have, I guess, a little, little bit more better overlords. I don't know, but so it depends on what side you're on. But like, um, so like uh, Arabic, you know, became like a, a prevalent language at that time like and it was um a lot of people were speaking it i mean it was there was actually a time where uh, uh like christian scholars were actually very upset that uh, a lot of the christian students uh wanted to learn arabic so much and wanted to imitate 
uh, how the Muslims dressed and ate, and you know they're like, well, you know, these, they shouldn't be doing this. You know, they, you know, it's yeah. like, what are they doing? You know, and um, so like, yeah, like words like guitar is, you know, it comes from Arabic, which is, I think, it's like guitarra. Uh, don't quote me on that, but I think yeah. it's very similar. Um, there's words like, um, like, uh, like Olay actually comes from the word Allah. Um, yeah, it's like I can't. So there's I, lots of words. I can't that, like, remember where I saw it, but there was a video I saw a while back um, that came up like in my Facebook feed or something where it was they showed this this uh, like Mexican girl and this Arab girl. I mean, I think they were both like like a Mexican American and an Arab American mm-hmm. girl, and they both spoke you know English and and their uh, and their uh, you know heritage language, I guess you mm-hmm. could call it. And they uh, they they would they were given English words. And then both of them said that in their native, in their in their family's native tongue, mm. and it was funny how yeah. almost all of the words that they said were very similar, just spelled differently, like maybe a K instead of a C or something, you know, yeah. different things like that, or you know, just slightly different. It was just funny. I can't remember what words they used, but I saw it, it was probably like a year ago. I saw this, but yeah, it was just kind of interesting, and I always thought that was kind of yeah, kind of cool how people. I mean, because the thing is, if people just break things down, we're more alike than we are different. Oh, yeah, I mean, and it's, like, that part of the world in general is interesting because, like, like the, the city-state of Malta, I'm not sure if Malta's a country or if it's just a city. Um, yeah. Uh, that, that That's kind of near, I think, near Spain or kind of around the area. And, like, uh, it's, you know, almost entirely uh, a, a Christian country. Yeah. You know, almost everyone there is Christian or maybe... Or at least culturally, if not if not religiously, but most of the people there they still they still call God Allah, even though they don't. Most of them aren't even Muslim, so it's like it's because that was. Well, like I mean, the word Allah them. means God. Well, I right? know, but it's yeah, usually so, something yeah. you would you would. Um, That's why it bothers me when people think that there's a different God in right. Islam than there is in Christianity when it's just basically the it's, same word. It's, you know, I mean, yeah, you know, people could say, well, I disagree with, you know, this theology that's not the same thing as then saying well it's a totally different personage or what you know whatever type of thing like but but yeah so like yeah they would um say I, i'm trying to remember what words i know i know guitar comes from arabic i know um I'm, I'm blanking on the spanish stuff but like in english though we still have lots of words like candy comes from an arabic word um coffee comes from an arabic word yeah i mean it's, it's alcohol kind of, is arabic yeah there, there's a lot of it's things like, that influenced you know I mean, I think English has a lot of words in it that are from other languages. Yeah, anyways, languages, yeah. yeah. Um, sheriff is comes from Arabic from Sharif, I think. And um, like I said, alcohol, because um, al means the, and kahal basically is like the inebriation. So basically, alcohol means the kahal, <laughs> <laughs> uh, which which is the the you know the substance that um, uh, I think sugar. Um, I'm kind of going on a weird tangent here. Yeah, Malta, by the way, I just looked it up just because I was curious, is uh, is um, known as the Republic of Malta. Okay. It is a southern European island country consisting of um, archipelago and Medi- uh, um, consisting of the of an archipelago in the Mediterranean Sea. Okay. Yeah. So I guess it's not that it's close like, to Spain. Oh, it's um, it's 80 kilometers south of Italy. Um, 284 kilometers east of Tunisia. Okay. Yeah, and uh, 333 kilometers uh, north of uh, Libya. Okay, so it's so, kind of yeah. like interesting. Like it's really close to a lot of different places. That's cool. Mm-hmm. 
So anyway, that was the yeah, misconceptions because um, you know, say what you want about conquering armies. I mean, this is a this is a part of history, unfortunately, where people conquer other people. But in, in the case of the Muslim armies, for the most part, they would actually preserve uh, the knowledge and they would um, translate it into Arabic and or other maybe maybe Persian because there was a, a you know a few Persian dynasties that were really um, huge during back in the day. Um, and they would pretty much just learn and, and build upon that knowledge, you know, even you know, even even stuff that they didn't really agree with, like because there was like some disagreements that some some people would say, well, you know, they should burn the books that talk about like polytheism or different gods or whatever. Say no, we'll just keep those two, just read them. And um, yeah, I mean, there were some fundamentalist groups that did though burn yeah. like stuff or get rid of you know like knowledge or whatever, but those groups didn't last that long because uh spoiler alerts when you don't know things you don't really tend to last very long. <laughs> and then you become an idiot we're trying to learn we're starting to learn this yeah we're starting to learn this <laughs> now uh, lack of knowledge isn't something to be proud of yes <laughs> by both of these like uh misconceptions right. we've learned yeah yeah that you know in the end you're just an idiot yeah um yeah the new version Speaking of idiots, uh, your next one um, is another misconception by idiots. I'm joking. This one, <laughs> I've heard this one so many times since I was Me a kid, too. And I believed it for so long. And Me too. I just, I eventually, I went to, I went to research it a while back, but then I kind of forgot about it. But the, the, it's the idea that the Vikings uh, discovered Iceland and they named it Iceland to to deter other people from settling in there because they didn't want to live on a planet or sorry, a country of ice. Yeah, but it was that was really lush and green. Yeah, I've always stuff. heard I've always heard the thing is that they, they named Iceland Iceland and, and green, Greenland yeah. Greenland, even though it was more icy or something. But Greenland's yeah. got plenty of Greenland yeah. as well. Like if you see yeah. pictures of Greenland, there's plenty <laughs> of Greenland. Yeah. And sheep you know, being raised, and it's not like it's just full of. It's ice. not like it's like Antarctica yeah, exactly. or something. It's yeah, not, it's you can live. I mean, people live on Greenland, like for real, like not just scientists. Like there's, you know, like scientists, you know, are the only people that live in Iceland. Like there is no Icelandic community, but Greenland, there is. There's a government. There's it's a small group. I think it's only like maybe fifty thousand people. Uh, who live in Greenland, you know, or maybe make a hundred thousand, but you but say yeah. only scientists live in Iceland. No, no. In oh, wait, Antarctica. Okay, I, oh, yeah, I think you said Iceland. Oh, okay. oh so I yeah, was confused for a second there. I was like, I no, know. No, no, uh, no, Iceland's a pretty. Which is kind of ironic because the one person I know that lives in Iceland is is, is, is our friend Sean, who's an, a scientist. But yeah. anyways, um, <laughs> no, no, Iceland's a yeah. pretty established country. Yeah, but Greenland's a little bit smaller. Um, but yeah, Antarctica, I think, is only scientists. I don't really think there's like a government or country of, of Antarctica because there's just not really anything to do there. But uh, but yeah, so yeah, I remember that 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 like that double thing of like, oh, well, they said Iceland was Iceland and, you know, green so that that way they would trick the people into going to Greenland. And then they'd be like, oh, no, it's full of ice. But like that still like assumes that just because it's full of ice that means they're stuck there that they can't move like once they touch the ice they're just like stuck in place like oh those damn Vikings but anyway so once you land on on some land you're not allowed to leave it didn't you know that yeah oh wait <laughs> and um and this 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 name I'm gonna completely butcher so yeah. badly but it says um Nadad and Harafna Fayoki Vilger Aursen I know it's wrong. Both saw snow. I guess they were like explorers, probably. Um, 
both saw snow and ice on the island when they traveled there, giving the island its name. So that's why it's called Iceland. It has nothing to do with tricking people. Yeah. <laughs> Plus, too, people are going to go there anyway. It's not like, oh, well, they say this place is Iceland. Don't go there. Like, like no one's going to ever find it, like, even by accident. Like, Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I know we didn't have, you know, Google Maps or anything at the time, but still, no, you know, you people... you had a compass, you had maps, yeah. I mean, yeah. But what I'm saying is people still would travel places yeah. and venture out and do exploring and whatnot. And plus, you're not telling me that there was not at least one Viking that got drunk at home and was like, yeah, we told them that was all Viking, and someone overhears it, and they're like, yeah, they lied to us. Yeah. Those people. <laughs> they're idiots. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, they're idiots. Um, so that's all I got for that second one or whatever, third one. or Yeah, third one. Third one, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so what's your fourth one that you had? Uh, fourth one is um, this misconception that uh, Marie Antoinette said let them eat cake when she heard about people were, like, starving from, like, a – not plague, but, like, a um, – dra- not drought, but whatever, food shortage. And she, you know, said that kind of, like, just – disparaging like so like well let him eat cake then you know type of thing that that didn't she never said that um she was an unpopular leader and um people use that for propaganda purposes to basically kind of end up leading to her i think execution i think that was one of the things that ended up leading to her i think getting killed and make her look like an idiot yeah i'm gonna keep coming yeah, that's back good. To no, I'm sorry. Good. i like that i like that callback but um <laughs> She, um, what really happened was the, the phrase, this is again quoting straight from the Wikipedia, it said the phrase was first published in Rousseau's Confessions when Marie was only nine years old, and most scholars believe that Rousseau coined it himself, or that it was said by Maria Theresa, the wife of Louis XIV, I don't know, <laughs> I'm not good at Roman numerals. <laughs> I'm used to Arabic numerals, which is what we use. I think that's 14. Okay. Okay. Yeah. By the way, by the way, we use Arabic numerals for those who want to complain about certain things. We we use Arabic numerals. So yeah, that's get, the get over it. that's the common numerals <laughs> that we use every day. You know, the one, two, three, four that you're common with. Not yeah. not the Romans that were forced to learn once in the third grade and then we forget about it, like I just did right now. But anyway, so yes, uh, the wife of Louis the Fourteenth, and even Rousseau or Rousseau or Maria Teresa did not use the exact words, but actually let them eat brioche, which is a rich type of bread. I didn't even say the French because I know I messed it up, but brioche, brioche. Yeah. Which is, you know, like a new popular thing you can get like at burgers with brioche, brioche, whatever bread. How is it said? Brioche? I think it's brioche. I might be wrong though. That's how I've heard it pronounced. Like you can get brioche burgers from like, fancy whatever anyway i don't like that kind of bread anyway so maria antoinette was an unpopular ruler therefore people attribute the phrase let them eat cake to her in keeping with her reputation as being hard-hearted and disconnected from her subjects and uh which is weird because there's actually even some kind of there's actually a little bit even debate about that that she was hard-hearted. Of course, that these could be like Marie Antoinette apologists, which I'm not sure why they would be still like, yeah. 300 years later, like defending her. Like, God damn it, she was the nicest <laughs> queen ever. You know, whatever. But no, there, there's actually been some. I knew Marie Antoinette. <laughs> you are no Marie Antoinette. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> but, uh, but I guess there have been some like historians who actually have suggested that she actually wasn't that um, that cold, and that she actually was kind of. 
um, cared a little bit about the. She thing. wasn't a cold-hearted snake. No, but that there was so much propaganda because this was, I think, right before the first um, revolution with the Paris Commune happened, which was like I think probably the world's first experiment like in communism that only lasted like three weeks before the commune was overrun by the <laughs> by the bourgeois but um but anyways that was um, a good run but it was a good it was a good try dry, dry run <laughs> like like um glenn from superstore yeah now if you want to get paid just make sure you clock in good dry run <laughs> oh i didn't know no one told me <laughs> kelly sweet kelly anyway so and um but yeah, so there's that, and I guess you want me to do the last one. Yeah, you're, yeah, let, yeah. Let's do your last okay. one, and then I'll I'll move on to my five that I've got here. Okay. Um, this one I just learned last night because I I had accepted this misconception forever. But that, again, this is a straight quote from the Wikipedia. Um, immigrants' last names were not Americanized voluntarily, mistakenly, or otherwise upon arrival at Ellis Island. Officials there kept no records other than checking ship manifests created at the point of origin, and there was simply no paperwork which would have created such an effect, let alone any law. At the time in New York, anyone could change the spelling of their name simply by using that new spelling. These names are often referred to as an Ellis Island special. So basically, yeah. the idea that Oh, they couldn't spell that name, so they just wrote it down, whatever they way they. Well, I think you know, I mean a lot of it. I think basically what happened was these people didn't want people to associate them with their native land or right. whatever, so they changed their names. They I mean, probably did it themselves. Yeah, I'm not 100 percent sure because I haven't had my genealogy done, but I'm pretty sure my last name McCullen was originally O'Cullen. Right. And the O got dropped when they came to the states because it's just easier to say Cullen than O'Cullen. Well, plus, plus too, they there was didn't want to. Yeah, there was a lot of Irish prejudice, and there was like yeah. a lot of Italian prejudice at the time. Right. And, you know, different, you know, different prejudice for every, every country that came in. Well, like my, my family on the Polish side, um, which was named Majeski, uh, actually was what used to be Majueski. Yeah. Ma, and I think it was even spelled Majueski. And um, so they wanted to yeah, remove I think they might have wanted to um, remove any kind of Jewish connotations I, or something. Even, I, don't I don't think the name even has anything to do with that. Yeah, but, but maybe they were. Uh, yeah, it may have been. And yeah. I mean, who knows? And I mean, there's also like, you know, it's in pl- plus a lot of times they just want them kind of like there were people, too, that would just, you know, they'd have some really long, you know, foreign name. And they're just like, OK, now I'm Smith, you know, right. or Jones or something like that. They would just come up with a generic, you know, short name right. or, you know, if their name was, you know, like their their name could be, you know, like they'd keep the original mm-hmm. first let- letter of it, but then just shorten it right. to something you know, like I know a lot of names like Moore and other things like that originally were like, you know, different names on top of those and stuff. I don't know. I mean, I know because like my I know my on my mom's side, they didn't change the last name because it was Ozenbaugh. And there's pretty sure that's the German name is how it came over from Germany. Yeah. But yeah, the uh, so now if you have that information and all you need now is my uh, as long as well as Matt's, you know, all you, all, all you need now is our social security Damn numbers it. and I stuff don't. like that. And you can uh, you can, um, you know, I'm not trying to give you any ideas here. If I no. find out any of our listeners. <laughs> no, don't you dare do it. No. Anyways. Um, and plus, too, I was thinking that maybe some of these people didn't really know how to spell very well. Or that's true. Advice. I mean, they uh, may have just tried to guess. And they might not know how to spell their names. Right. You know, I mean, it could be like, you know, a, a long name. Like what, what was uh what was your uh, Machueski? Machueski. I yeah. mean, they might not have known how to spell that, right. so it was just a guess and how they spelled it, and then it became 
you know, what it is now. Yeah. Could, you know, yeah. <laughs> I mean, and same thing with, I mean, even with O'Cullen, it could have been too, that they're just like, uh, you know, cause O'Cullen just means of Cullen. And right. that was like the land my family was from or something. There's a, there's, there is like a area called Cullen in right. <laughs> Ireland. You well, know, there's so. also an Irish, um, uh, mythological character named Cullen. Yeah. Who was, I'm not sure if it's spelled the same yeah. way or not, but he was like a, uh, a god or warrior type person, and, you know. And, and as I did some research on the last name Cullen, which we're just going off on a tangent here, <laughs> yeah. but um, you know, I found out that like you know my ancestors may have came from Germany and made their way to Ireland. Oh, I, like so, the original one. Yeah, like okay. the Gaelic people that came there were actually a lot of the Gaelic people that settled in Ireland were originally from Ger- the area that is now Germany. A lot of people. Yeah, were. I mean, and, the English people were. Yeah. originally came from Germany. The, yeah, and Ireland's not too far from, right. you know, and, and there are Cullens in Ireland, too. It's a po- pretty popular name, and, and I looked it up, like, the last name is pretty popular in England. I mean, it's most popular in the United States of all countries, right. more so than Ireland. Right. <laughs> That's why they call it Anglo-Saxon, because yeah. mm-hmm. Saxon is where Germany was. And, and then so. somehow the lady that wrote the Twilight books decided to steal my last yeah, name. Yeah, I know. I, I don't know. understand it's, that. It's, it's, I'm not a vampire. But also, too, not just the last name, like names. Oh, yeah. Well, like well Edward, yeah, my, my great grandfather like, was Edward Cullen and like, my grandfather was Emmett Cullen, which right. are both in those Twilight books. Yeah. Strange. Stephanie Meyer. I don't know where she got it. If you're listening to this by any chance, Stephanie Meyer, please, please uh, contact me. Email yeah. me. My personal email address is Mike at Cullen dot com. I'm pretty sure you know how to spell Cullen. And um, <laughs> yeah, there we go. OK, <laughs> so that's all of my five. Yeah. Um, so so the first one I had. Um, it's a historical religious one sort of kind of thing. Okay, here we go. Um, the historical Buddha was not obese, which you know people have those chubby Buddhas or laughing Buddhas. Um, that's a 10th century Chinese folk hero by the name of Budai, B U D A I. I think that's how you pronounce. Um, in a uh, Chinese um Buddhist culture, Budai came to be revered as an incarnation of Maitreya M-A-I-T-R-E-Y-A Maitreya, that's right Yeah Who who would become the Buddha to restore Buddhism after the teachings of the historical Buddha have been forgotten Hmm. So it's kind of like a future Buddha Yeah So it's not the way that the real Buddha looked He was, I mean, probably skinny yeah, I would say so. <laughs> Especially since he went on a lot of hunger strikes and yeah. other things, too. So I'm just... Yeah, so... <laughs> yeah. So the laughing fat Buddha that people put in their dashboards and, you know, that aren't Buddhists at all and just decide to... <laughs> <laughs> just decide it looks cool. Yeah. You know. Hey. And so, some of them are Buddhists, though, that do it, I well, guess. Like, but, like yeah. Hamway, the restaurant Hamways. Did no. you ever go there? No, I never and went there. It was there. a restaurant. You know, they serve, you know, regular food or whatever. Like, yeah. They had all this Buddha stuff, and they were serving meat. It's like I'm pretty sure Buddha's vegetarian. <laughs> <laughs> it was originally the original Buddha was, but yeah, he grew up Hindu. But whatever. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. That's kind of <laughs> kind of weird. Yeah, I don't know. That'd probably make me think twice about yeah. eating the meat if I came in there. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, when the cl- I mean, it was kind of like when I was in the. One of the things that made me stop eating red meat as much as I, I used to, because I don't eat it that often, and uh, the <laughs> the um, was when I was in the line of a Burger King right next to a farm where there were cow, oh, the cows grazing while I'm so, in the drive-thru. That's so wrong. I'm looking over at this cow mooing, and I'm like... Uh, that is so sad. 
Yeah, I'm gonna have some chicken nuggets. Uh, and um, <laughs> what, what, what if you saw a chicken farm right across the street? God then damn maybe it. I wouldn't eat chicken. Then you get a fish. And there's a pond there. Like, God damn it! I do admire vegetarians and vegans so much because I don't. I could never do that. I I'm tried. Sorry. To do I tried it, it but I, I can usually go like two or three days without eating meat, and then I it's like I, I've I've never been able to go like a whole week. Yeah, unfortunately, I've tried. Maybe I'll get there someday. Yeah, I, 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 I can to. try. I, I, I did it for like a month or a month and a half oh, wow. once. But I, I've never gone. Yeah, that far. but they they say things can become a habit after twenty some days. But I still it didn't. Well, they can, but you also have you to, can break them. You yeah. have to find good replacements too. You yeah, can't just, you can't just abstain and then have nothing to. Fill yeah, and this it, was like you know this I mean? was like about fifteen years ago too, and there still you know I mean? wasn't. I mean, there's a lot better food well, yeah. now. But it's kind of like let's say if you're, if you're used to eating like, you know, twenty or thirty main dishes that have meat in it. Yeah, and then you know how to make two vegetarian dishes. Then Eventually, you're, you're going to get tired. Tired of those two dishes. You know dishes. what I mean? So you, you'd have to you have to get um, creative. Replace, <laughs> get more replacement. I yeah. don't know what the word is, but yeah, I know what you're saying. But yeah, I I, I think I've actually been to a burger. I'm not sure if it's the same one. Is it Michigan? Yeah. Yeah, I've been to that one. That's like in uh, not Monroe. That's like in what Lamberville. Or yeah, something. I think it's it's like right over at like Temperance <laughs> yeah, or Lamberville I've, in, in I've been Michigan. To that same one. And I'm like, oh god. Yeah, that's that's where I had it. I was like just sitting there, and I'm like, because this was like you know this was maybe 20 years ago or something when this happened, and I'm just sitting there, and I was I was gonna get a cheeseburger, and I'm looking over, and I'm like. And s- but sadly, Mike, it probably isn't even those cows that are being killed. Oh no, it's I know it's some not factory farm. Oh, it should. Like, not these nice. No, ones it that is. Live on this nice little. It's farm. not free range no, cows no, by any like, means. God damn it! Like, <laughs> it's like at least you know use those. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Funny little tangent. <laughs> it's kind of like you know when you go to a seafood restaurant and you see the lobsters in the. <laughs> I've always felt so sorry for. I know. Them. I've never ordered lobster ever. I've never had lobster in my it's life. Not, I, I don't eat seafood. It's so. not even good. Yeah, because I, I can't. I seafood makes me sick, so oh, really? I can't really eat yeah. it. Um. Anyways, okay. So my next, uh, <laughs> my next one is another religious based one. Um. So, okay. Uh. In the book of Genesis, the forbidden fruit that is mentioned is never, ever identified as an apple, mm-hmm. but, um, it often is portrayed that way by most people, and most people think it was an apple. Um. It's a uh, um, a misconception that was why this according to uh, Wikipedia was widely depicted in Western art. The original he- Hebrew texts mention only tree and fruit. Um, early Latin translations used the word mali, which m a l i mali mali I don't know, which can be taken to mean both evil and apple. In early Germanic um, languages, the word apple and its uh, um, cognates usually meant simply fruit. <laughs> so, you know, most fruit was called apple. Huh. Yeah, or something at the time is basically what it's saying. And German, German and French artists commonly depicted the fruit as an apple from the 12th century onwards. And, uh, and uh, John Milton's, uh, whoa, A-R-E-O-P-A-G-I-T-I-C-A, yeah, whatever that's called, <laughs> uh, from 1644, uh, explicitly mentions the fruit as an apple. Um, Jew- Jewish scholars have suggested that the fruit could have been a grape or a fig, a wheat, um, an apricot, or an etrog. Hmm. I don't know what an etrog I mean, is. Never I've never heard that one before. But uh, it's obviously a fruit of some sort. 
got to think, too. Apples, were they even really native to that part of the world? I don't know. And, I mean, I think I it's, mean, it's like, you know, because, like, people... It's like I'm, I I have to look this up sometime. Moving discuss it on another podcast sometime. But like, why do we? I mean, is this from the because it's from the tree of knowledge or whatever? Sometimes they say you know uh, things, and is that why we give teachers apples? Oh, that's in. Yeah, I don't know. That's that's actually really interesting. Yeah. Uh, question. Yeah, we'll have to we'll have to research yeah, that to research that. that and talk about it in a future episode. Yeah, maybe we'll do another misconceptions episode or or just, or just you know just like, strange facts or something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that that's that's what that is. Um, yeah, I just find that interesting. I you know it's always an apple and like movies and mm-hmm. paintings and books and everything. You know, it's just kind of interesting. The next one, okay, Abner Doubleday did not invent baseball. <laughs> Most people think he did. You know, and um, nor did it originate in Cooperstown, New York, where the Hall of Fame is now. <laughs> and that's why it's there, because people thought baseball originated there. Um, it is believed now that baseball evolved from other bat and ball games, such as cricket and rounders. Um, and it uh, and first took its uh, modern form in New York City. Not Cooperstown, New York, but New York City. Um, there's no... There's I I've I've been I've watched several documentaries about baseball, including the Ken Burns like beautiful documentary. There's no <laughs> yeah. real proof anywhere that Abner Doubleday even ever played baseball. Huh. So <laughs> let, did, let alone invented it. It just became this whole like story about this uh, you know the Civil War general who decided to uh, create a game and make and it was basically to try to totally Americanize everything. But it, but it was it was a derivative of you know cricket oh, and, yeah. and rounders which are both uh, British games. I mean, I mean it, it, it is I mean, its own game, but it's like the same thing. It's ki- kind of like in a way that you know jazz grew out of other you know other mu- music forms from like you know Africa and other places, and like you know and and like uh, slave you know yeah. blues blues and stuff like that. And it grew out of that, but it is truly its own art form. It Just is. whereas, like, yeah. I mean, baseball is its own sport. It's not like it's it's similar to cricket. It's similar to rounders, but they're separate games. I mean, it's kind of like how football and soccer are similar in certain ways, but they're different in other ways or, you know, different things like that. There are They are their own sport. So it's not taking away the fact that it was invented in America and it is an American pastime. Right. I'm not trying to be all un-American or anything. Yeah, yeah. But, um, baseball. Yeah. yeah. But, but, you know, <laughs> but the fact is... Abner Doubleday did not invent it. But how how does it become known? Like how did he was I, he like the first baseball team owner or something? Or no, like, I, mean, or? I like I said, I don't think he even had anything to do with baseball. So it just they, like just took it's, one person and just said it was him. Like basically, I I'm not exactly it. Maybe, maybe we can do a, another episode on that. Yeah, we could like, do something on Abner Doubleday. But I mean, he he was a United States officer in in the Union Army, and uh, Joe Union. Sorry. It's like what it says here. It's like yeah. It's basically um, they although uh, although double according to Wikipedia, although Doubleday achieved minor fame as a competent combat general with experience in many important Civil War battles, he is w- more widely known as the supposed inventor of the game of baseball. In uh. Eli Finney's uh, cow pasture in Cooperstown, New York, in 1839, supposedly. Um, but uh, 
basically, we can go into it more some other time, but there is no proof that he was even there, <laughs> let alone invented wow. the game. Wow. Yeah, it's just, <laughs> it, it became like a... It, it became like a wives' tale sort of thing, like a, a story that was just told. It's kind of like Johnny Appleseed. He was a real guy, but the stories about Johnny Appleseed aren't necessarily the true stories of Johnny Appleseed. Right. Yeah, so, you know, most people don't even know Johnny Appleseed was a real guy, but he was. So it's just, but it's kind of like in, a, in another way where this one, everybody knows that he was a real guy, but they're contributing things to him that didn't actually happen. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just kind of interesting, but we can go more into that some other time. Um, this next one, which is funny because I was watching a documentary the other day that stated the exact opposite of what this says and perpetuated this uh, long-held belief that is not true. Okay, the common image of Santa Claus, or Father Christmas, as a jolly old man in red robes was not created by the Coca-Cola company. Even though I watched a documentary about Coca-Cola the other day that told me it was. <laughs> It was created as an advertising gimmick. They did, they did create, they, not that character, but they used him as an advertising gimmick. I can't say gimmick. Woo. Yeah, gimmick, yeah. gimmick, 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 gimmick. Anyways, um, despite being um, historically uh, represented, re- represented with different characteristics and different colors of robes, um, Santa Claus had already been um, taken in his modern popular culture, uh, already taken his modern form in popular culture and seen extensive use in other companies advertisements and other mass media at the time coca-cola began using his image in the 1930s prior to that he was already used for years in the red and white outfit being a jolly you know but like if you look at like father christmas and stuff he was skinnier Mm -hmm. but then they just rounded him up make him more like a you know happy old elf uh grandfatherly sort of character you know that's what they did (laughs) and yeah you know, back then, uh, being, you know, being a bigger person, you know, usually meant that you, you know, had lived a pretty comfortable life. Yeah. I mean, nowadays, obesity is usually caused by different And jolliness things. was always pretty much uh, linked to uh, being well-fed and, uh, right. you so know. Right. Well, this yeah. person seems like he's got a good life, he's got food, he's got, you know, I mean, hey, we should have a guy like that, you know, yeah. give us presents. Mm-hmm. I mean, he seems like he's have enough as enough as it is. He can, he can spare some, and we can go into this more sometime. Maybe we'll do a Christmas episode yeah, where we oh, talk about oh, yeah. different Christmas things and stuff yeah. like that around December of yeah. one of these years. One of these years. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, we're doing um, a long haul on this podcast. Yeah, it's gonna be a, a, a long. So project. so stay tuned. In twenty twenty four, we're gonna do an episode about Christmas. Wait, no. If we're still alive, <laughs> we're still alive, um, and and the world hasn't turned into like a Shannara type, you know, scenario. Where, yes, we're ill. You know, but we'll still be podcasting yes, regardless. No. Anyways, um, my last uh, my last common misconception conception that I have here, <laughs> sorry folks, um, was uh, that uh, Thomas Edison did not invent the light bulb. Ooh, shots fired. Yes. I, mean, I know everybody wants to think, and this is another one of these, like, oh, it was an American inventor who invented the light bulb. Thomas Edison really didn't invent Fuck most. Thomas Edison. Yeah, he, he, he screwed over Tesla. He screwed over a bunch of Westinghouse. He screwed over a bunch of people and stole their inventions. And he basically ran his, he had his factory. Basically, Andy Warhol based his factory of painters, who he had pay, people paint all of his paintings for him, on the idea of Edison's factory. Yeah. 
So f- basically, anybody that created something within this factory, Edison took credit for. However, this invention was not made in America. Uh, <laughs> um, he did. He did. However, though, we'll give him credit. Um, develop whether he did it himself or used one of his stooges to do it. Um, the first practical light bulb in 1880, employing a carbonized bamboo filament. But shortly prior to that, Joseph Swan um, invented an even more efficient light bulb in 18... Um, who, who then who he had invented this prior to that in the 1870s, but then went on into 1881 and improved on Edison's design, basically, and created a more more efficient one using cellulose uh, filament. And uh, yeah, so and Joseph Swan, I believe, was I could be wrong here. I'm going to look him up really quick. Yes, Joseph Swan was British. <laughs> so yeah, and um, yeah, and he's known for the uh, incandescent light bulb, which he invented, and also uh, the photographic process too. So basically, photographs and. Oh wow. <laughs> yes, he yeah, and um, basically he he went and worked with uh, um. He worked with Edison um, in what is considered to be independent lines of inquiry. Swan's incandescent electric lamp was developed at the same time as Thomas Edison's, was working on an incandescent, at the same time as he was working on his incandescent lamp. With Swan's first successful lamp and Edison's lamp both patented in 1879, Edison's goal in developing his lamp was for it to be used as one part of a much larger system a long life resistant lamp that could be connected in parallel to work economically with the large-scale electric lighting utility he was creating this is all from wikipedia by the way um swan's original lamp design which with its low resistance um the the lamp can only be used in a series um in series is um, and short lifespan was not suited for such an application. So then they, they actually joined forces and developed what is probably now the modern day light bulb that we knew growing up. But now we have different kinds of light bulbs because we have LED and compact fluorescent light bulbs and stuff. So yeah, but basically we owe Swan, not Edison. So maybe we should be paying our... Swan bill instead of our Edison bill. Yeah. Anyways, but uh, <laughs> no, but I mean, whatever. So that's uh, that's that story, and that was where my five, and those were your five, and uh, Actually, yeah, go ahead. Well, I I thought of another one. Yeah, go ahead. I was doing one of mine. Yeah, go ahead. It's okay, if I do it. Yeah, fine. All right. Well, to video game fans, it's a common belief that the uh, American. NES game Super Mario Brothers Part 2 is based off of a Japanese game called Doki Doki Panic. Yes. Which it is. But this gets really strange. Um, 
they they released Super Mario Brothers two in Japan shortly after the first one, like a year later, and mm-hmm. it was it was pretty much just like the first game, but a lot harder. So the um, people that were doing like the marketing in America said, well, that's not going to fly here in the states. It's too similar to the first game, and it's just extra hard. No one's going to really want to buy that. So we'll have to come up with a different thing. So at that time, so after. After um, they made the second one in Japan, uh, people were kind of the guy who was in charge of that was kind of just doing you know doing some ideas, coming up with concepts, and he pretty much came up with a concept that was very very close to Doki Doki Panic, and he was just kind of fooling around. But then the person who made Doki Doki Panic basically got that idea from him, and then made Doki Doki Panic, and then from there. They based that on Super... So, in a way, Doki Doki Panic is actually sort of inspired by, like, a very... I'm talking, like, a very basic prototype. I'm not yeah. even, I'm not even saying, like... I don't even think the guy even built, like, a level yet. So, it wasn't like Doki Doki... It wasn't like he already come up with a game and then Doki Doki Panic came out. It was It was a very basic thing, but... It, and I don't, I don't remember the names of these guys or whatever, so I'm kind of just kind of just spitballing here. But um, so in a way, folks, make sure you read about it and find out for yourself because reading is fun. To reading is fun, and um, I'm trying to remember. <laughs> so basically, yeah. so in a way, I try to follow this, this train of logic here. Super Mario Brothers Two, the American version, is based off of Doki Doki Panic, a Japanese game. But the Japanese game Doki Doki Panic was somewhat inspired by a very very early prototype of a American version of Mario two that was not really in the works yet. And then from there they just decided, well, Hey, we'll just take the game, Doki Doki panic and we'll just change the characters, replace all the character sprites uh, and the different characters. And if you play and I I still want to buy a super, uh, a Famicom, like the Japanese Nintendo, but yeah, I don't really want to spend the money on it, but I kind of want to get clones now that you can play. Yeah, but I like to have the original. I might get it one day. You know, one day when this podcast takes off and we're making lots of money, I might, treat myself to a family. If you have one extra it, one laying around, yeah, you, you want to send it to Matt, one, yeah, you know, just contact me. us at um, <laughs> all2real2 at uh, gmail.com. Yeah. And, and then I'll play it and I'll review some games. And yeah. Maybe we'll do... But anyway, I would like to play uh, Doki Doki Panic because although it is very similar to Super Mario Brothers 2 for America, there is a little bit of difference here. Like, some of it's good, some of it's bad. Like, yeah. for example, the waterfalls are like atrocious to, to watch and Doki Doki Panic like, give you yeah, a seizure. It's yeah, I was going to say, I've seen them there. They look like they're kind of like, you know, um, I don't know, seizure-inducing. It, yeah, it's, it's horrible. But, like, the music sometimes is a little bit better. Um, the gameplay is pretty much the same. Like, like even some of the characters are the same. Like, a princess character, that's how they got the idea. They go, oh, well, we'll just have Princess Peach be, you know, one of the main characters of, you know, Super I think Mario the, the characters in the, other, in the original were like a family. It was. It was a family, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, so I just I thought of that and I kind of like, you know, what? I always want to talk about Doki Doki Panic for some reason. Maybe we'll do an episode on the on the on like the history of Nintendo or something. That'd be cool. I would love that so much. Yeah. Yeah. If you want to start researching that, Matt, I would um, love to do that and talk to you about it. Um, The other one, um, another one that's a common misconception that popped in my head, too, that I've read about several times and seen elsewhere. And many people have corrected this misconception over the years, but. In case you've never heard it, um, most people think that uh, Napoleon was short. Yeah, he was five foot two in French inches at the time, 
which were different than our modern inches. He was probably about five foot seven, so he was actually taller than me. He's like an average I'm short, height. but you know, at the time it was average height because men did not grow. I mean, like, you know, he was at the low end probably of average height at the time. You know, but most yeah. most French men were like about that size. But he never did himself any favors because he always rode a big horse, uh, and he always surrounded himself with tall soldiers. So he was always shorter than them. Yeah. I so guess. in the in the pit in the paintings and stuff of him, that's how he looked. Okay. And so, and plus to his enemies when coming at them, you know, he was shorter than everybody surrounding him. So it's kind of the opposite effect of like where, uh, you know, in movies, people like Tom Cruise stand on crates and make themselves taller right. so they don't um, <laughs> look shorter than their uh, female oh, co-stars. God. Anyways, That's um, <laughs> <That's sad. laughs> maybe they should cast Tom Cruise as Napoleon in a movie. <laughs> don't don't feed his ego. Anymore. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And, and I'm, I'm sure if, uh, honestly, I'm sure if uh, Stanley Kubrick would have lived to make his Napoleon movie he was trying to make for years, he may have cast Tom oh, Cruise wow. because they did work together in Eyes Wide Shut. Oh, wow. Um, but, but anyways, um, if you have any uh, common misconceptions you'd like to share with us or anything, you can uh, feel free to email us at alltoreal2 at gmail.com. Um, check us out on social media and all that good stuff. Um, but uh, for now, I think that's all we got. Um is that true, Matt, or is that a con- or is that a misconception? No, that's that's true. Okay, that one's right. Okay, bye bye, everybody. Thanks for listening to All Too Real Two podcast, a Cullen Park production, produced and edited by Michael E. Cullen II. Music by Matthew Haas. Subscribe and share the show. Visit us at CullenPark.com. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Galvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now 